When you think of one of the most ferocious predators in the ocean, you probably don't think of the squishy squid as being top of the list. Join us as we take a look at one of the most aggressive, polychromatic denizens of the deep as it stealthily eats up everything it can get its slimy tentacles on in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about an animal that uh, well, first, sounds very British. Let's point out that this is the pilot uh, podcast episode. Yeah, inaugural episode. We noticed that there really aren't that many animal-centric podcasts that aren't just about pets or global warming. So this one is kind of like a nature documentary. You're going to learn about just the most interesting parts of uh, the animal kingdom. Uh, okay. Um, would you like to kick us off with... So what are we talking about? What, oh, that's what's right. the first animal? The, uh, it's the uh, Humboldt squid. Uh, that's why I said it sounded like a British yeah, name. It sounds, like, it sounds very British. But it is not. It's Mexican? I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that it ranges all the way from the southern tip of South America, uh, the Strait of Magellan, all the way up to Alaska. Yeah, it, and it's like, its territory is expanding. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. So, that's pretty much just takes care of the location. But they live at uh, 660 to uh, 2300 feet below the surface of the water. This is a super interesting animal. So it's V dark down there. It's V, <laughs> v, v is short for very. <laughs> it's very short for very. It's V short for very. It's V short for V. We'll just go ahead and say the the nomenclature and then I'll just kind of list off the its uh, taxonomy because this is life, death, and taxonomy. So we do need to say its classification. So it's called, I, I really like its uh, binomial nomenclature. A little bit more what is binomial Humboldt. nomenclature? That's the, the Latin. The two, the the genus and the species, the Latin words for those. So whenever you hear a nerd scientist in a movie talk about an animal, it's probably what you hear. The binomial nomenclature. He's like, oh, don't touch the uh, Vampiris baticus. <laughs> <laughs> we should know that. Yeah, we did talk about that. Um, all right, but what's this guy's name? This one's called... He's because he's actually a Sith Lord. His name is Dositicus Gygus. That does sound uh, Sith Lordy. Sith Lordy, like Darth Dositicus. Yeah, sure. Um, it's also that that's his binomial nomenclature. It's also known as the Jumbo Squid because um, it is small. No, because it's because because <laughs> Jumbo because it's big. Gigas, right? That means big. G- yeah, sure. I guess Dositicus, I mean, Gygus or Gigas is its species name. Mm-hmm. So, um, because it's like, you go, okay, I'll, you, I'll let you go through the, uh, okay. The list. So the, it's kingdom animalia, like most of the things we'll be talking about here. Um, phylum mollusca. So mollusca the same as snails. Right. It's the, pretty much they're the same exact thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a cephalopod <laughs> and a snail. That means they got, they got no spines, spineless folk right um so the uh the class is cephalopoda the order is teotheta 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 yeah something like that um the family is the a really long word that i've been practicing and let's see if i can get it 
Omostrophide. That looks pretty good. Yeah, that looks like it makes sense. There's two M's. Hmm. Um, and the genus is Docidicus, and the species is Gygus. Mm-hmm. So, um, so basically, the binomial nomenclature is the most specific the spe- to bottom two. Right. So it's basically the uh, what is it? It's the genus. And the genus species. and the species. So it's like down to the nitty gritty. This is right. what this thing is. By the way, if you hear a dog bark, it's because this is an animal podcast. An animal Get over podcast it. And we have animals. <laughs> um. So, what interesting things can you tell us about the animal's physical appearance? This Humboldt squid. I'm. A, I like calling it Dositigus gigas. So Dositigus gigas is. No, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> too many S's. <laughs> Humboldt squid's uh, physical appearance. Um, it's larger than you might think. Really? It is. Uh, I mean, it, it's what as long as a car, they kept saying, and everything I saw, which was, it could be like, the mantle is, what, six feet, and then the with the tentacles, mantle is the part of the squid that doesn't have tentacles, right? Right. It's the, it's like the, the solid shell part. Yeah. Or it's not so, like a shell, but there's it's... a shell on the inside. Right. There's a hard hard shell on the inside. Is it made of bone or is it I'm not sure. Cartilage. I learned that dissecting a squid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a clear hard yeah. substance. I have to say It has to be clear before. because they um they're clear. <laughs> no, they're pretty opaque. So like if you couldn't if you could see I mean you can see through the skin mo- like in its basic state. Right, but I couldn't hold a squid up between you and me and see you translucent then sure yeah um, <laughs> it's not clear <laughs> it's not a window um they've got they, they look pretty gnarly because they've got their tentacles as you as you think and the the mantle is about 40 percent of its body okay. so tentacles make up the rest so and if it has a five foot mantle then yeah and that's only well that's not 40 percent of its length that's 40 percent of its mass right yeah yeah so it's heavier. So it has like organs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the good stuff. Um, but the tentacles have, you know, your typical suction cups, as you might expect. But they also have, closer to the body, they they seem to have like these barbs, these teeth. And then around every suction cup, they have teeth. Like razor sharp teeth. Yeah, so you don't want to get like even like touched by this boy so does it use suction or does it use the razor sharp teeth to grab i imagine it's both and that sucks for whatever year <laughs> literally sucks because <laughs> like geckos don't have suction cups they have those like tiny hooks that allow them to grab yeah, yeah. things. so no. this has both those tiny hooks and uh, it has a suction cup like a regular squid and also there's teeth on those suction cups do not all squid have the i maybe they're very tiny but i i've like touched Squid tent. You can eat squids. Yeah, I guess, and you don't have to eat the teeth. Yeah, but if you have, um, so I guess like having a humbled squid wrap its tentacle around your arm is not going to be a good time. Well, not yeah, that's going to cut your skin open because it's razor sharp teeth. Plus, because of the payload that's in the center, so there's <laughs> it wraps itself around your arm and then uh, it bites on you with like this. Uh, um, beak that's kind of like a parrot's beak. It's a, um, We've all seen the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the dead man's chest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like a parrot's beak, and it's slightly smaller than a tennis ball. 
on like a full grown one. So it's like a mini Sarlacc. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> From Star Wars. Uh, but it so has that's... that beak in the middle. Does it? It has a tongue, right? To I'm taste. I'm not sure. What would, what would it need a tongue for? Kissing. <laughs> um, but so that's basically what it looks like. Plus, there's, it's got some uh, color changing features we can talk about later. Yeah, we'll save that for later because that's the uh, that's the coup de gras. Is that the right thing to say? I don't know. Does that it's mean it's the interesting part about this squid? Mean, it means mercy strike. <laughs> <laughs> it's like killing someone, taking them out of their misery. Uh, I, so it's uh, not the coup de gras. It's the uh, I, I would imagine creme de la creme. The, the beak. Yeah, there you go. The beak is the coup de gras. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it's like, oh my gosh, all these razor sharp suckers everywhere. Please, would some giant like keratin beak bite my head off? Um. So these squid, uh, they actually live in the Humboldt current which is what gives them their name okay their boring british name um did i already point out that they're called diablo rojo no you did not goodness that's like their coolest name diablo rojo which means the red devil in spanish and that it's called by local fishermen in what's the name of the place that they live mostly well uh, like tierra del fuego dang it uh but uh, they're like they're really popular among fishing fishermen, and uh, that's what they're called. They're called by those fishermen. Well, I mean, this thing is edible. So imagine you're a fisherman and you catch this seven foot long, hundred pound squid. It's like that's your catch for the day. You can go home, hooray! <laughs> but um, plus they catch way more than that because they're very numerous. So they'll catch. Also, like a seven foot long humble squid is is like. That's the upper level. About a hundred pounds, too. Usually, the, the so Wikipedia has a page of a guy who's holding one up that's like fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and it looks to be maybe like four, four or five feet long. It, if it's a short gentleman, because the the mantle, <laughs> the 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 tentacles are touching the ground, and the mantle almost goes all the way up to his head. So this thing is, I mean, if he's like five seven maybe, and fifty two pounds, so like a hundred pound one. Imagine how big that would be. Or dense, I guess. It just has more organs. Maybe it's eaten something. That's Maybe, heavy. Well, uh, it might be longer because it might. they said it could be up to seven feet. That is so, crazy. That's yeah. terrifying also. Part of the part of the, my fear of the open ocean is giant squid. Plus, they don't they don't just like travel on their own, you know? They they travel in shoals. huge Shoals of Dr. Shoals, if you will. Doctors, they, they travel in Dr. Shoals with like over a thousand of these squid. A thousand six foot long, hundred pound squid that are naturally aggressive, too. Yeah, aggressive. What? These things attack whatever shiny thing that comes into their path, and, and they'll pretty much eat anything, right? So, if you want, if you look up like humble squid attacks, it's usually this big dramatized thing where. Um, because there have been stories of these things ripping people apart and taking them off of their boats, which could be fake and to- silly. I-, I think that's totally fake. I think having them having a humble squid rip you out off your boat, unless it's on your fishing pole and you hold on to your fishing pole, uh, Smeagol yeah. style or Deagle style. Um, I don't think they can do that. They can just jump out of the water and grab. Because you. they don't have their tentacles; don't seem long enough to like reach out of the water. 
Yeah, they had to jump out of the wall. I don't know. Nah, Humboldt nah. squid have relatively short tentacles if you compare it to like the giant squid, which yeah. have really long tentacles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we could talk about the giant squid, colossal squid, all that stuff later on or in another um, episode. But um, so these things are aggressive. Mm-hmm. They only live between like one and two years. So they're they've been f- forced to adapt really quickly. Uh, and because of that, Cephalopods in general, um, being uh, very adaptable, it makes it so that their population is seeing a boom Mm -hmm. because commercial fishing is just getting bigger and bigger. And the fish that would normally eat uh, these cephalopods, like dolphins, sharks, um, and tuna. And salmon. Salmon eat them? Yeah. Are they babies? They're babies, yeah. Okay. Uh, And yeah, people love salmon. Did you know a tuna could be 15 feet long? Yeah, tuna can be huge. Oh my gosh. You would not expect. 15 feet long, 1,500 pounds, and they live for up to 50 years. That's a lot of cat food. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man. But But, they're saying that, like, because of us overfishing um, those species... They're not getting eaten as infants, so they're just having a population. The cephalopod, the the squid, yeah, are like all over the place now. And their range is uh, expanding, and a range is uh, an animal's where it lives. Basically. Right. It so it has this huge um, on a, on a on a map. The range is huge, but also it goes. It can live at 2300 feet right below the surface all the way up to the the surface itself and it seems like um they're very affected by weather patterns i saw something that said like el nino can affect it um el nino in a is different a, way is a like a huge weather phenomenon that changes the currents and things right. like that so el nino they said <laughs> would make them adapt. They would adapt to El Nino by getting smaller and living six months, having a six-month lifespan rather than a year, two-year lifespan. So Based on just... They get smaller and live faster. I don't understand (laughs) how that helps, but they they, they also go back out to the open ocean because, I mean, there's less predators there. Um, It's just a bigger area either... Easier yeah. to avoid things. And there's more predators towards, like, reefs on the I'm coast. Sure, yeah. And so when they're big, they're the predators. They they come in, and then El Nino, they go out and become smaller and eat anything from krill when they're small. They, they'll eat krill mm-hmm. and uh, tiny fish. Crustaceans. And like then that. to, like... Other cephalopods. Other, they'll eat yeah, each other. Eat each other. Which is the which is one of the fears with this huge population boom is that they're we're either going to start eating them a whole lot more or they're going to start eating each other. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they I'm not start eating each other. They, that they're going to their own species will be their major food source. I mean, apparently it's pretty tasty. So let's get let's get eaten. <laughs> let's start fishing. Well, I don't think calamari is Humboldt squid. I think it's no. I I, I saw uh, something that said. That Humboldt squid, squid is tasty. Well, I mean, yeah, but I don't think that when you get calamari, I don't think you're getting Humboldt squid. No, you're but getting we the should. Smaller versions. Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the so we'll we'll talk about the ink, and then after that, we'll, we can talk about the, the mm-hmm. really cool part, the chromatophores. Yep. Um, Spoiler so alert. 
<laughs> well, we told we talked about their ability to to change mm-hmm. color. Um, so, at, like most cephalopods, they can shoot ink, mm-hmm. um, which I found out that ink is mostly made of melanin. That's weird. Yeah. So they're shooting basically what Pigment. the same thing that makes your skin the color it is, right? And I'm, and make gives you a sunburn when you go out in the sun, I'm, or that, it gives you a tan when you go out in the sun. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't give you a sunburn. It it <laughs> is the it is the tan. <laughs> it is the tan. Um, right. So it shoots out mostly melanin and like this mucus that they secrete. And depending Fun. on yeah, it's delicious. How depending on how much mucus they secrete. This is a really interesting thing. Some of them create um, these things called pseudomorphs, which the, they'll put more mucus into it so that it retains its shape, about the same shape as the squid itself, so that predators will attack that, huh. thinking that it's still inside of the 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 cloud of ink while it's gone, and it's probably changed its color by then. So, um, and it can spit out multiple uh, pseudomorphs, and they've seen like. Uh, when they're small, they'll they'll do that, and uh, sea turtle babies will attack the pseudomorphs. Um, hmm. When so it's that's really smart. It's like oh, I'm going to put a little bit more mucus into this ink cloud so that they're going to think that I'm still there. That's that's like it's crazy smart, which is interesting because uh, cephalopods in general are pretty smart, um, but squid are not. Squid are the, I I saw uh, information saying that this that the Humboldt squid was on par with the octopus. Really? Yeah. Huh. But an octopus is on par with a dog. So in in the terms of intelligence, it's I mean, dolphins are smarter than all of those. Okay. And the the people keep there are more and, and more people coming out saying like octopuses are the most intelligent. I'm like uh, no, because they they they. They are like self-aware in terms of they know how big they are, so they can look at a, a hole and know exactly how like they're not going to fit through it, or they will. Well, I, and but I a, feel like a lot of things know that. A, like most mammals could probably do that. Walk by a hole and be like, I can't fit in there. So well, I've work. seen a dog like try to get in a hole that's too small. <laughs> well, it tries to get something out of a hole that's okay, too small. Okay, that's true. But it's not like I'm going to fit in there. It's like I'm going to, tr- I'm going to, I mean, we do that. It's like, oh, I, my wallet fell down this drainage pipe. I'm going to try to get it. That's even true. Even though I can't fit. Um, so, do you want to talk about the chromatophores? Sure. Okay. So, like <laughs> cep- lots of cephalopods and uh, chameleons and different animals in the animal kingdom. Mostly reptiles, amphib- amphibians, and then marine dwelling yeah. fish and stuff. Marine dwelling fish. Um, yeah, I can't think of any mammals that do it. No, mammals definitely don't do it. Uh, they change their color sometimes to match their surroundings, or sometimes to, you know, camouflage. Most use color change for camouflage. Yeah. Um, but the Humboldt squid can also use it for communication, which is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, and so you're thinking like, okay, they change color. You've seen a chameleon do this, maybe if you live in Florida, like <laughs> we do. They you see chameleons yeah. like in the wild? Oh no, the iguanas. Um, anole, 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 <laughs> an anole. That's what it's like. A, a green, anole. The, the anole. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking. I've about. heard people call them chameleons. That's probably not true. That's they're definitely not chameleons. Um, <laughs> but they change color, and so like it's on like a green path, 
or it'll be if it's on a leaf it'll be green-ish if it's on like mulch it'll be brown so and i've seen them change to something and then you know it over time they get darker but yeah it takes some time cephalopods it's like instant um especially these guys they can like even do a strobing effect with their skin so like dark to light dark to light like quickly like a strobe light Uh um and the way they do that is through chromatophores which are like tiny little pigment sacks in the skin Mm -hmm. so and it's kind of like um and these reflect light no yeah. Well, okay. So, like, they... So, from what I understood of chromatophores... Refl- reflect light like everything does? No. Bioluminescent doesn't reflect light. I see what you're saying. And so, Humboldt's going to have both chromatophores and photophores. And photophores are bioluminescent, meaning that when they're down there, 2,300 feet below the surface, you can still see them. They also have iridophores, which is change the iridescence of their skin. Wow. So, it makes them shinier. So they can make themselves shinier, they can make themselves different colors, or they can make themselves actually glow. And what I saw was, like, it's kind of like um, pixels on a screen. So, like, they've got tiny little chromatophore sacs mm-hmm. that will expand. If they So they got, like, a tiny little brown speck on them, right? Mm-hmm. And then it expands all over their body, all these little specks, so that they're, they look all brown. Right, but those th- those, like white or clear or gray specks that were previously making up their color now they shrink small so there's they're all still there they have all of the colors in their skin right but then whatever color they want to change they just expand that color which is Um, which is nuts and they're doing studies on like how they do this and like kind of what causes them to do this they some i forgot who did it but somebody did a study by snipping the part of the brain on one side of the body Sounds humane. Uh, that controls, that sends signals to send the, to expand the chromatophores, right? So one side of the body was acting normally. The other side was uh, translucent. Okay. Um, no chromatophores were expanded. Um, but so then that was telling them, okay, they... Like, I want to move my arm. It snipped the... If you snip the part of my brain that does that, I can't move my arm. Right. So they're, they're saying, okay, that's... They, you know, just... They, they decide to do this. Um, but after a while, with no signals from the brain, they started to fill up again and change again. The chromatophores. Okay. So that's telling them that it's kind of innate. So or automatic, automatic, and based on surroundings. So there's, they can choose to change it, and they'll you do that for communication, mating, uh, hunting, mm-hmm. um, or for camouflage, which is just I'm gonna go hide and change my skin's gonna change to be the color of whatever's around me. So and they don't have to. So the it sounds like the hiding is not. Is not purposeful. Like they're they, whatever their surroundings are, they just turn that color. Right. Whether it, they it could want be to an instinct thing, just like a f- a fear response, you mm-hmm. know. And it somebody described it like if you were blindfolded and you could do this, 
you could not see, you could be walked into a blue room, not knowing it's blue, and your skin would turn blue. So, like, your, their skin somehow is able to just match without them even being aware. They should just blindfold a squid and throw it into a blue, a blue room, <laughs> see if it turns blue. <laughs> um... Yeah, so it's probably I would imagine it turned red because that's where the red devil comes from, the uh, Diablo Rojo is because when they bring when they when you catch it, it's in full like I'm gonna kill you mode, and so it turns red. So let's talk about yeah, let's talk about what they use it for. So I saw one that was basically right down the middle. Half of them was brown, half of them was light, white, whitish, mm-hmm. um, and that was. Uh, the side facing a ma- uh, female was the brown, the, they call it pretty <laughs> in, in the video I saw, but like the one that's attractive to the female. And then the white side is a warning to males. So basically it's like kind of like a two faced thing where like you're smiling at a lady and frowning at a man. Like stay away. It's one of the, it's one of those, um, those like yin and yang cookies. With the brown, with the chocolate and the vanilla. The black and white cookie. Oh, sure. That's what they're called, black <laughs> no, and white cookies. No, it's a yin and yang cookie. They're on Seinfeld. <laughs> it's this thing. It's Okay. Um, uh, and they also can use it to uh, communicate while hunting. To conv- The the strobing thing is like, a, like confuses prey. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they hunt, they hunt, are they solitary hunters or do they hunt in groups? I uh, from what I saw, they it's mostly like schools, okay. frenzies. Do they well, use, and they use this to you know when you see fish that all turn at the exact same time somehow? Yeah. Do they, and they use do they you think they use the pigment to do that? I didn't see that. I didn't see anything that suggested that. But I did see something that said like that when they're swarming and they're about to go for something, they'll like light up in a certain way to let others know I'm attacking and they think maybe it's to say don't get in my way um, or you're going to get bit kind of thing. Or it's dazzle the prey. Yeah, that too. But like, like that's fish. communicating to other others. squid. So it's like I'm going in. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how they know that. <laughs> but It's like oh, I just saw brown, white, white, brown. So that means he's going in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they know that. Although they don't just turn white and brown, they obviously they turn red. Red. They turn um, blue. They can turn probably green mm -hmm. or greenish blue. And like as a camouflage feature, it doesn't seem as robust as an octopus, which they can change the texture of their skin. That is crazy. We will talk about octopuses later. Um, and and the color and be different colors all throughout, and like and just just like a rock. Oh man, it's. Crazy, but it do, they do seem to have like this instantaneous, quick control over it, which is interesting. And they also the iridescence thing that's helpful for open ocean stuff. So basically, you're out in the open ocean. There's nothing. There's no rocks around you to camouflage into. Mm-hmm. So you basically have to mimic the pattern of light hitting the the water. Basically, that's. So basically, so kind of the ripples. Things below you, yeah. Look and, up and they yeah. see instead of a shadow, they see instead of a, a black shadow on a blue rippling background, they see a blue 
They see it's blue they say and rippling. Blue rippling thing. And, and that's it. maybe a line, but that's not. So I did see a video of one that was. It looked like it was underwater, and you know how like if you're in the pool, you've got that like the light being ref- reflected and refracted by the surface of the water. Yeah. Um, it looked like that was happening. To like it was uh, underwater, and the sunlight was passing over it like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was just its skin. That's so enough. that's what it looks like. That's a good way to describe it. So and it's kind of the same tactic that a great white shark doesn't. It doesn't use it on purpose, but it has a white underbelly. Lots so when of, you're looking up, yeah. you see it, it blends in with this the sun, and then when you're looking down, it's gray. And so it's yeah. And same thing with like a penguin or a seal or something like yeah. that. They usually have the lighter underbellies for that purpose. And so that's crazy. So they're they reflect light. They and they also generate their own light through bioluminescence, mm-hmm. and they're also iridescent. Yep. So, that's is that pretty much it. You got anything else? That's that's the that's the whole thing. That's the humble. There's lots. Squint. There's lots. If you want to learn more, type it in on YouTube. There's loads. <laughs> they also have a camera lens kind of eye, just like we do. Yeah. Hmm. So they're really they have really complex eyes, unlike a bug. So they're good. They can see well. They can, and I imagine they have to. They have big eyes for under, right? Deep so water. they can take in a lot of light, um, but they can also focus on things where a lot of animals can't. Hmm. Even though they have eyes on either side of their head, usually animals that have that they can't focus on things. They have like a panoramic vision, but they can't do much focusing. Hmm. But anyway, we can talk about uh, that in some other episode. But we're trying to. Make sure this stays at 30 minutes each episode. And we just passed the 30-minute mark. All right. So um, until next time, there's nothing certain in life except (laughs) life, death, and taxonomy. (laughs) That's good conviction you said that with. (laughs) Good night, everyone. You're still here? Well, this week's episode is over. Carlos already left. I'm just sitting here listening to the sounds of Pongo Pygmaeus rubbing its legs together. Anyway, this week's episode is over, but if you're looking for more podcasts, why don't you head over to your local podcasting app? iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you got. And subscribe. Just type in Life, Death, and Taxonomy into the search bar for more interesting animal info. Besides, Pongo Pygmaeus is a kind of orangutan. I was just kidding earlier. If you thought it was a cricket, you definitely need to be listening to more LDT. Wait, did you hear that? Oh, okay, so that is an orangutan. Uh, I'm out of here. See you in the next video.